Click, click, click. Click, click, click. <laughs> Whoa, Dan, coming in hot today. Click, click, click. <laughs> Someone's in a mood today. Hey, watch it. Welcome to Hey Watching with Dan and Tony. I'm Dan. And I'm Tony. And high energy Dan. That's that's who I am from now that's on. That's my favorite, Dan. And we watch movies and then we pick them apart like little bone pickers. Like the guys that pick cockles, cockle shells, cockles, cockles, cockles. Oh, remember that sketch? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about that sketch. <laughs> I'm doing exactly what I'm, you're never supposed to do is make inside jokes. Which inside is, but, jokes that no one will ever know. <laughs> what are they talking about? I don't understand. Just laugh along. Don't worry. Pretend you're in the um, crowd. So we watch movies, and each week we pick a movie that we expect to be fairly terrible, and not surprisingly, they generally turn out to be terrible or worse. <laughs> and this horrible. week... This week, what movie did you pick, Tony? This week, it's it's the end of Romance Month, uh, you know, <laughs> Romance of November, as as they say. And so I was like, you know what? We're transitioning into the holidays. So what we're going to do Ooh. is we're going to combine both of them. And we watched Ooh. New Year's Eve, the perfect marriage of, you know, everything, really. Which is a, it's a Gary Marshall jam. It is. What happened to Gary? <laughs> And he he did like Sleepless in Seattle and uh, well, f- Faking My Orgasm. That one, Pretty Woman. He did Pretty Woman. Pretty I know woman. that. He did uh, Runaway Bride, which is my favorite. <laughs> is it really? I do like Runaway Bride. I'm a I'm a Richard Gere sucker, so oh. you know it works. It works for me. It works. Got it. So this is a kind of the end of his career, 2011. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Two hours and five minutes. I wrote here, fuck Tony. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I'll, I'll take that because I feel like I've earned oh, it. I thought you were going to was... double down and agree that fuck Tony. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, de- okay. definitely fuck Tony. I think I wrote, I think I wrote, I hate myself somewhere in this, in these notes. I, and also, I guess I didn't realize it was over two hours, but how do you make a two hour movie and still not get to know a single character in your film? That's you incredible. I, you know, I illustrated the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the movie. This is like, this is what we just had through. Or what we do you think that that's what was on Gary's wall? <laughs> he had a bunch of note cards with strings, and it was just insane. The funny thing is, like, these anthology... So it's an anthology romance movie where we jump from yeah. storyline to storyline. That's why I made this, because you can't really follow it on the page, because mm-hmm. it just jumps from thing to thing to thing. And, you know, I'm a fan of Love Actually. I guess Tony's not. But the thing about Correct. that is you wait for your... You know, you have your favorite storylines. You have the other ones that you're like, okay, whatever. But you ha- you're waiting to see where mm-hmm. we'll develop and where this is going. None of these storylines were you waiting to come back to, like literally zero. I so I will say every Uh-oh, once in a while I was I was into the Zac Efron, but oh, that's you're because right, you're I right, you're right. love both of them, and I wish yeah. that we just had a movie about them, not this movie, but a yeah. separate movie. <laughs> it's true. Their their one their one had the best beats, and I I also yeah. the Ashton Kutcher Leah Michelle one was the other one that I was like. I I I liked that how that one resolved. I mean, it's very straightforward how it resolves. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I actually, you know, I felt some amount of chemistry. And I will say, we should, maybe we'll talk about the acting at the beginning. I think okay. Ashton was like kind of the best actor in the movie. He, I mean, and the only reason that that is true because I agree with you a hundred percent. But it's because he wasn't doing anything. He was playing it so low key that there wasn't points where you're like, well, what the, what the hell are you doing right now? Because he's just so like even keeled, which is great. I mean, that takes talent. And he, I love Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. The Ranch is one of my favorite shows. You know, don't oh, don't God. at me, guys. Uh, but what, what is that? He just 
it's uh, his Netflix show, and mm-hmm. it's about ranching. It, it don't worry about it. It's, it's a it's a it's a it, whatever. Um, he's just so natural in it that it just makes it seem like he's doing the best because everyone else is doing some weird, crazy things. I don't know. This movie's a hot mess, Dan. So basically this movie takes place in the sort of 16 hours leading up to New Year's Eve. And it's centered around Times Square and the ball dropping like this is a significant thing that people in the world like give a crap about, which they do not. I don't know if that's true. My family, not with me, they left me behind, but my family flew out to New York one year to watch the ball drop because they were like, oh, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I was like, I don't. No, thanks. <laughs> Wait, so you're yeah. saying you care about it even less than I said people care about it? You're like, I'm yeah, actually anti. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, most of the years now in my adult time, I don't even stay up for the ball drop. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me at all. And and just sort of the idea that, that the ball dropping is a significant... I mean, New Year's, fine, that's a significant occurrence. But, like, the sort of wrap everything around this the importance of this ball just yeah. was like really stupid well it was thin it's very thin yes like that and that's uh hillary swank's pretty much entire storyline until they throw in something that really angers me a lot <laughs> so so pick a storyline that you want to start with and then we'll uh we'll follow that one oh. on its wavy path because we're we're following oh, the chart. We're no, gonna follow dude, I the like chart. This. this is great. I like because I was like, I don't understand how we're going to talk about this, but this is good. This is good. We'll we'll go uh, through the branches. Okay. Well, I want to end with Zac Efron because okay. Uh, so let's end with I that. Want to talk about him. So let's start with Don Bon Jovi Jensen. Uh, oh. oh my god. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Um. The first thing I would like to say, John Bon Jovi looks great. Good. He looks him. gorgeous. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. Eat him up with a spoon. He's right? gorgeous. Oh, You're wow. Like, I feel like if – I really wish I could get rich if that's what getting rich gets you because I would love to be beautiful for another 30 years or start being beautiful in about five years and then continue, I guess, because I got to work I'm in part- it. <laughs> So, so he is includes <laughs> Sophia, right? We're going to include her. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Continue. You start it up. So he's a rock star. He's come back to New York. He... He's playing. I actually. Yeah, I mean, he's a well, cover he's... artist, though. He just does covers in this movie. Oh, really? Were those covers? Both of them were covers? They, were, they were all covers. Everything he sang. The first thing he sang was a meatloaf song. And then he said, I don't even remember the other song he sang. Shoot. But they were they were both covers, and I was like, "Wait, you don't even write like an original song for this guy?" Did he sing three songs? He sang. Well, he he sings at he sings at the New Year's Eve in down and downtown, and then does he sing at the party too? Or... Mm, he sings no. the duet with Leah Michelle in the elevator. That's... And then she sings the end, which I also have a problem with, but we'll get there. We'll talk about that later. But he sings earlier. He's singing Two Out of Three Ain't Bad by Meatloaf, just oh, like okay. acoustically. That's when we meet him. And I was like, oh, great. He's just a, just a guy singing other people's songs. And so he's – he, and then he is uh, Catherine Heigl's um, love interest. And then he was the yeah. runaway bride to her. Right. Did you understand the timing of their backstory by any chance? Like a year ago or something? Because he was like, well, it was, he left last New Year's Eve, but when did he propose? It sounded to me, just in the story that they were telling, like he proposed in the morning and then left at night. Like that's what I got out of it. I'm sure that's not right, but I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. And I mean, he didn't really run away bride because they weren't like, about to get married he just he proposed to her and they just disappeared i you know yeah, was... he proposed and then he left on tour i guess like he just or whatever i i don't know which sure seems like he could have just said okay honey i'm going on tour we you know like come along it and but she was like his chef on tour too right 
Was she the chef or did she just follow so. along as a groupie? I don't, here's let's just for real quickly. I want to my biggest my biggest problem with this movie is we do the exposition so fast and it's it's so poorly done that I didn't understand half of these people's stories, like backstory. Yeah. I was like, you know, I don't even need yeah. the backstory at this point. Just kind of do the thing. I don't know why. They're all like bad sketch setups. Like, oh, he ran away, but he's back <laughs> a year later. Bah, 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 bah. I don't know. So he's in love with Catherine Heigl, and then he's gotten her hired to cater this party. And yeah. she finds that out at one point and like kind of acts like it's like, wow, he thought of me. And you're kind of like, no, like I, I'm mad. I'm like offended. He's trying to buy your love. Why are you not upset by this? Here's this man who like screwed you over a year ago. And now he's like, you know, hey, I got you a job. <laughs> we should hook up. What? Get out of here. So she's catering the party that he's playing at yeah. in addition to him playing in Times Square. So she's a chef yeah. and you never buy it for one second. She like is so unchef like it's hilarious. Oh, they should have the never. Oh no. Where's <laughs> your banana? Oh my god. Okay. So they should never have what? They should have never showed her cooking. But that they had to put her in a location. So. I mean, I, I get it, Dan, but they did a, a scene where she's chopping something. I don't know. She's just like, meh, meh, meh. And I was like, oh, no. Like, she can't even, she can't even, like, Julianne. You know, it's just, oh, uh, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. And her hat is so dumb. <laughs> is that really what chef hats look like? Is it, it looks one like of a hat. poof? It's not, I mean, it, oh, it's I think a layover. It was, was it the layover? Yeah, remember. but it's like a almost a beret and it like yeah. hangs all the way down to the bottom of her chin. And I was like, she, I don't understand what's happening. This is a weird costume choice. So she is the boss of Sofia Vergara, who is her sous chef, who is even, even has less cuisine ability than <laughs> Catherine Heigl, which, but Lisi, it's not bothersome because she's actually kind of funny. She's kind of funny. My only, I mean, not only, but my biggest problem with her is she's not wearing a shirt under her chef coat, Dan. So oh, really? She's, like, she's got cleavage for days. And I was like, that's not sanitary. Like, that's, or, or safe. <laughs> like, if you spill some great, like, some grease is going to, I, listen, I don't think that's allowed. I've worked in a kitchen and you got to be, you know, tighten it up. So, one point at the end, Sophia's uh, changed into like a blue dress once again, showing the cleavage. And then Catherine Heigl's in this silver dress that is just like tight, tight as can be. And her breasts are gigantic. And then she makes a comment about Sophia's breasts, like showing a little. And her breasts are just like her. Her dress is so tight. <laughs> it's it is the tightest. She, I don't even think she could get out of it. I think she was in that. For, they had to cut her out of it. It's so <laughs> tight. And it also looks, it's a weird dress. It's not a good choice. It reminds me of the Fembots from Austin Powers a oh, little okay. bit. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't like what's happening. Well, it's it, not. It looks like liquid metal. It looks like you just poured yes. silver on yes. her and it's just, and I mean, it like wasn't sexy. It was nope. just kind of like. You know what was she was sexy? dressy. Sophia Vergara. <laughs> and so she's like totally like she wants to screw Jensen like hard. And you're just like, J Jensen, get on that. Cause yeah. Mama well, Jensen I, makes I, a lot of mistakes in this movie. And I'm not talking about <laughs> running away from Catherine Heigl. That's the best move he's ever made. But but circling back, he gets propositioned for a threesome. And he's like Nah, I gotta go talk to Catherine. I was like, no. Who? No. no. Are you sure that was him? Yeah. Josh, right? Do Josh Duhamel gets the. Oh, you know, you're right. Yeah. You're right. They're all, first of all, they're all the same guy and they're all making mistakes. Because I would also argue <laughs> running back for Sarah Jessica Parker is a mistake. But. Yeah. Um, so there's like one scene where they throw eggs and stuff at where they throw them at a picture. What were they throwing them at? What were they throwing yeah, it was eggs a at? It was a poster of, of Jensen. 
So basically he ran away and then, so she needles him a few times and then they just fall back in love for no reason. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she slaps him hardcore, which oh, was great. Twice. The second slap was very funny. And then she apologizes later for, she's like, I'm sorry. I slapped you the second time. And I was like, that's a good line. I didn't laugh, but I liked the line. Uh, but there's no, they just call truce. In the yeah. middle of a scene, he just looks at her. He's like, truce. And she's like, truce. For, based on what? Why are we trusting? I don't understand what's happening. Well, I mean, pretty much everything in this movie just is resolved by saying it's resolved. You know, no, nobody yes. gets, you know, nobody goes through anything or changes or does anything. Although John Bon Jovi's character says, I'm going to stop going on the road or something. Uh, yeah, he's apparently going to stop being a rock star and stop making money. He's retiring for this <laughs> this chef lady. Uh, I'm out. So that's Jensen. Is there anything else we have to add to Jensen and Catherine Heigl? Uh, we already talked about that he's pretty, so I think we're good. <laughs> Okay, so I'm crossing those off the list. Uh, now we're going to go over. So let's go to um, what's the other thing that just. So we, we'll, let's go back. Let's go to Jensen to Josh Duhamel. Um, okay. Who is he? That's such a good question. I asked it every five every five seconds that he was on the screen. I don't know. I, I don't know who he is. I don't know why he's talking at this party. What company he owns? He owns like a company, and he, he inherited from his dad, I guess, who's hosting this party. But I don't, I don't know anything. Also, I don't know who's gotten married. Why he's at their marriage ceremony and needs to come in the back. middle of nowhere, in the middle of in nowhere the, with no one there. And this guy's rich AF. He he doesn't have a driver. He doesn't have a. I listen. <laughs> this this storyline doesn't make any sense at all no so he's in the middle of nowhere at a wedding for this random couple that means nothing and it's a throwaway and then there's a pastor there and he does the whole thing and then then josh duhamel has to drive to new york to get to the, his mom's party mom is the rich lady throwing the party yeah and then why does he crash he crashes for being some why does he crash I I it's don't something really even, dumb. Oh, because the the GPS is like right turn left for New York or something, which doesn't make it didn't make any sense. And then he just tried to turn and ran into a sign or something. It was awful. So he then Larry Miller shows up with a tow truck and gives him the whole you can't just, do this, you can't do that, nothing can happen, nothing can ever happen. You're stuck here forever. Best part of the movie to me, really, Larry Miller. He's the only person that got me to laugh. He is so, he's so, I just, I love him so much. He's so funny. And I, I refuse to believe he was working off the script. I think he got bullet points and then just was like, you know what? Just tell him that it can't happen and do whatever you want. Cause uh, he he was funny. He made me laugh. And that's, that's a whole thing is he's actually a professional funny guy. So he can deliver lines that are funny and just like, you, you, they they try to give lines to other not funny people at times, and it's just like yeah, not funny person. It doesn't work at all. So then he ends up in an RV with the pastor, who's Larry Miller's, I think his brother, yes. and then yeah, they're related yeah. somehow. Yeah, and then they're gonna drive him into town, and then. He's like, I'll pay for half the gas. And then he sees the RV and he's all like, oh, my God, I have to pay for half of that gas. And you're kind of like, dude, you're you own a company that's throwing a party for like the richest people in the world. And you're hiring John Bon Jovi to play your party. Had to have been millions of dollars just to get him to play this party. I I, I, might not millions of dollars, but I I think those numbers are like hundreds of thousands. To like when you hire, you know, real stars to, to me, play a two hour party, anything you pay like over six figures is a million dollars. And and he's grousing about having to pay $125 in gas or $60 in gas. Like, oh my God, $60 in gas. How, how will I survive? And, you know, maybe he didn't. We don't know. There's never a follow up. So, so in the, in the car, in the RV are some kids and a horny grandpa and Lisa Simpson. <laughs> Is that is that who plays Lisa? Okay, yeah, that Lisa makes Smith, so that's Lisa much Simpson. sense because her voice. I was like, 
What is going? Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out, but it sounded so familiar. Okay, that that checks out. Uh, and so, a running theme here is to have like ancillary characters be overly horny. That's like a, a running joke of this movie, <laughs> and it just it isn't that funny. Yes. It doesn't really work. I'll, Shannon laughed oh, at one really? of the horny That's grandpa great. lines. I will say that she she was amused by one of the horny grandpa lines. I will say that she watched like the first twenty minutes, and I was like, "Yeah, it has an all star cast," and she's like, "Eh, some star." That's cast. I mean, that's an accurate way to put it. Yeah, it's like where can we put a <laughs> bunch of television people? Um, so we're gonna so that's so Josh is running trying to get to the party to mm-hmm. give a speech, but also. Something Meet someone else at midnight ish. at an undisclosed location. No, they don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do set that up. And so then we're supposed to be conflicted because because Hillary Swank and also Sarah Jessica Parker are sort of have things going. So so the whole dramatic tension of this movie is we're supposed to be like, who's gonna meet him? Yeah. Will they meet him? But that never happened. We never I never care, care. About this and movie. they and here's the thing. I was hoping they were both red herrings because I didn't want him to end up with either of them. I was like, neither of them are good choices, Josh. You got you to gotta find someone different. Oh. I hope it's like someone you never expect and then it just like pops up and you're like, oh, wow, what a fun twist that that's who it is. But that, that didn't happen. You know, it should have been like a really <laughs> dirty hooker. Uh, you made He's it. just like... <laughs> <laughs> this is on. Just starts throwing the cash at her. So we'll go. So we'll go. We'll let's let's jump over to let's jump over to okay. Hillary Swank. So Hillary Swank works for the New York New Year's Committee. It's like this yeah, really weird thing. So she she's in charge of the yeah. New Year's Eve yeah. ball. Okay, and then she works okay. with Ludacris. Who is it's- so stoned in this movie? Even I can tell how stoned he is. He is just like his eyes are red and watering, and he just—you I, 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 don't even I, know what's happening with him. He doesn't know what's happening with him. I think that's—he's got like maybe cue cards that he's reading, maybe, and he's just kind of rattling it off because he has no emotion at all ever in this movie. He sees his family on she like surprises him with his family on New Year's Eve, which I assume means like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to spend time with my family. I'm bummed about it, which we never hear. And then he sees them and he doesn't care at all. He's just like, oh, really? Come he doesn't here, even have an emotion. He, like, hugs his daughter. I was like, oh, my God, this guy doesn't care about anything. And and we're also supposed to believe that he is an NYPD yeah. person, yeah. which yeah. Um, so Hillary Swank's big boss is Ferris Bueller. Uh, what's his name? The only—it's pretty funny that the only person whose name I didn't write their actor <laughs> name is Ferris Bueller, and his name is Mister Buellerton as a as a throwback to Ferris Bueller. Uh oh, Tony's completely gone. Wait, you're back now. We're missing. What? What? You didn't even get the Buellerton thing? Are you back? I'm back. Uh, I saw you for like a half second. I think it re- recorded everything. Yeah, you went black and disappeared, but it said it was still recording. Excuse me. Hmm. So, so Hillary Swank's boss mm-hmm. is Ferris Bueller, or Mister Buellerton, who's played by what's his name? Husband. Uh, yep. Uh, oh Sarah no. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew Producers. Broderick. And he shows up in a car and is all like, if you don't fix the ball, you're she fired. Like this and weirdly ugh. emotional speech when the oh. ball was got stuck and then everyone was happy except for him. <laughs> he was like, I don't think you're taking this seriously. She just saved your ass, dude. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't understand. Well, she gives this speech at, a, at, at about yeah. the one hour mark of the movie. Which is it's actually the speech that you're supposed to give going into the third yeah. act, I think, right? Isn't that the end of the second act? You're supposed to give this big speech where you're like, yeah, team, yeah, team. And then the team rushes in there and then the team is supposed to have its final problem yeah. and then overcome and then denouement. 
but it I goes at an hour point. and it's just like it's just not when you're supposed to give the big speech because by the time people are actually resolving their stuff it has nothing to do with the speech and it has not, nobody's not resolve has that, to do with anybody but else you're you're still too close to setting up all the problems that we haven't lived in any of the problems so this rally cry just lands on deaf ears completely because you're still in the middle of the problems so it's like i it was just bad it was bad timing and i, I guess the other question is does anybody else in the movie actually Stop and listen to I her, feel her like speech. Dead De Niro is listening in the hospital. I think could be, could be, but we can't tip that bit because yeah. that has to come later. So she has to to fix the ball that's just broken. The normal guys can't fix it. She has to call in Kaminsky, who's Which... played by Hector Alessandro, and there's this whole implication that she fired him. Did she nope, fire him no, during the not movie? Not at all. We've never met this guy, and they talk about. I, I don't. Uh, I. It's. Uh, I don't know. They're talking about a guy you've never <laughs> met, and have no idea what he's. And they're talking about him like he matters. They're like, we have to call Kaminsky. Kaminsky. Who the fuck is Kaminsky? I don't know. I don't care. Just bring him in. Let him fix the stupid ball. And then he comes in and is all like, you fired me. Why should I do this? And I don't know. She convinced him to do it. And then they do this whole bit where it's like, it's like a string of light bulbs uh -huh. where if one goes out, then you've got to find that. And it, which is of course the most absurd thing ever. Cause <laughs> no, that you would not build this thing like that because that's, that's techno. You know, it's, this is like someone that's really old writings. Do you, do you even know that concept of the, no, it's, if it's one Christmas light goes lights. out, they all go out. They don't do it anymore. But yes, but correct. It, was it was Christmas lights. It, it was Christmas lights when I was growing ago. up, and my dad was hanging things on a ladder, and then the light when I plugged it in, the light went out, and then he yells at me Son about it. He's like, "Well, unplug it, plug it back in, you idiot!" So that I'm like doing the thing, and he's up there. He's like, "God damn it, motherfucker!" It, you know, good memories, childhood memories, Christmas as a family. It's great stuff. <laughs> Boot in the ass. Um. So, so yes, so first, blah, 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 blah. so she has to call in Kaminsky, and then Kaminsky climbs up the ladder, and then he goes up the ball. And I really wanted him to be stuck up up on the but ball for it to come that, down. They for cut news. away. Like, they, they, they never just, let you. They don't let you know how he got down. He's just down. It's just resolved. What? What is the point of even? That's not even a, a joke <laughs> at that point. I was. Oh, I was so mad. He should have been up there all night. He should be like freezing at the top. Uh, <laughs> So dumb. Yeah, I mean, your classic plot line is she fires him at the beginning of the movie, and then she has to get him back, and she has to she has to change in some way. She she's like the asshole boss who fires him, but everyone has to be a good person in this movie, and yeah, no one has really, to change. Uh, yep, I mean, except for Bon Jovi changes uh, this much, and Catherine Heigl's uh, a <laughs> bitch from the beginning. Because, yeah, she it probably wasn't Catherine written Regal. that way, but um, that's all she knows how to do. Oh. Oh. So now we're going to do it. We're going to go to De Niro. De Niro is in the hospital dying. He hasn't shaved. He has, like, got 12 hours to live. The only thing he wants to do is see the ball drop. He's got this nurse, Halle Berry, who, like, actually has nothing to do with nope. him going and seeing the ball drop. She just is kind of there, and we're kind of set up to think that she cares about him. Carrie Elways is his doctor who do doesn't really movie? do anything. Why they in don't the use world him. did he do this movie? It is the, the saddest misuse of a yeah, character right. in this movie. <laughs> in a movie full of misuse, this is this is the bottom of the barrel. I don't You're like, I, oh, Carrie Elways. I I'm love excited. him. He's so great. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah? He's funny. Uh, Actually, we'll say this again now, which it's even though we're not at the end. This is a, once again a movie where the funniest things in the movie are the outtakes that happen at the end. Yeah. And I think well, Carrie had I mean, one good one. Of course he will. But it's, I, oh, I was so mad. And also, just as a general rule, so, I hate yeah. movies that I, this is cheating to me. It's, it's emotional manipulation. You don't 
earn the emotion. You try to force people to feel emotion by giving someone a death sentence. And I, that just – it just infuriates me. I don't care about him. I'm like, why is he in the movie? I don't need I don't need to fucking see this. This is like a cheesy rom-com. Don't put that in there. And then on top of that, not to jump around too much, but they also give Halle Berry uh, sure. a, an overseas like soldier a guy. And I was like, unnecessary. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to see why I like that, it's just though. an emotional ploy. Like I don't need to see that. And then he's got to go and she's all sad and she has no resolution of the, in the movie at all. We're just left. She's just left depressed on new year's. Why is that no. in this movie? I guess I say, I, I, I say that I didn't hate it because it actually made me feel a little something. And in this movie, I'm not feeling anything. Right. You're not it's feeling just a it because you're attached to Halle Berry. You're just feeling because you're like, wow, that situation is really tough. So and that's my I'll get off my high horse. Now, in this whole uh, this whole hospital scene, there are two guest stars that uh, I missed and only saw in the cast list. Alyssa Milano. Who are they? She was one of the where was she? I did not see her. The babies when they're like, do you want to see what we do on New Year's Eve? And then they go hold babies after Hillary after he dies. Uh, My wife. My wife called that out. That. She was and like, was the other one? I think that's Alyssa Milano. I was like, no, it's not. And then we checked the cast list and it was. Uh, I don't know. Who's the other one? Uh, Halle Berry's husband. Who was know. that? I don't know who her husband is. At first, I thought it was LL Cool oh, J. Wait. He looks a little like LL Cool J. Oh, he's the soldier. Okay. I think it's, yeah. I think it's they degrade the footage. I think to make it, you know, seem like a Skype call or whatever. I think that's why I didn't yeah. pick up on it. So then at the very end, we find out that Hillary Swank is De Niro's daughter. And so she comes and moves him to the elevator and takes him up onto the freezing cold, which no one else wanted to do because they're right. doctors and nurses and that would kill him. Even though he's going to die. What's his last wish? So then they have like this beautiful daughter father moment that i i could care less about and, then and I, I was hoping that i'm left to assume that she then flat. throws him off the roof and that's how he dies <laughs> the, she dumps the that chair is exactly what happens down scene over so let's go let's let's deal with the plot line that is is really out of place the we've got to have a baby first for new years with with Seth Myers and Jessica Biel as one couple, and then Sarah Paulson and a guy named Till Schweiger, who I sort I don't of recognize, but I have no idea who he as, is. So we finally got to this this whole the, the crux of the the movie. The problem <laughs> is casting. I think. I mean, part of it, the casting and writing, obviously. But they cast that guy. They ca- he right. works at a charm school. He is the least, for one joke. For one joke. He's the least charming person in a movie devoid of charm. He is anti-charming. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm put off by this guy. (laughs) (laughs) You want to punch him in the face the whole time? Yes. He's he's brash, but he's like he's not even New York brash. He's like European brash. You're like, you're really gross. You're like. Are you a Nazi? I don't know what you are. You're you're very unappealing. Please do not come back in an SS uniform. But, I mean, if you want to, you can happen. pay him to teach you how to be charming. So, you know, you do what you want. So, it's so oh, weird. Charm school. Uh, it's it, like another thing that's like a charm school? Like, is there I, even, I mean, I don't know anymore, anymore. But, I mean, we've had like a whole movie based off it, didn't we? I feel like there's a movie about... I don't know. <laughs> it's not called Charm School, school but Could Steve be. Martin. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's not like it's not like a super common thing. I don't believe. I totally yeah. forgotten that Charm School joke. So they are battling to have their baby, and at one point they're in with the 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 baby doctor, and they're just like, yeah. "Cut it out of me!" I, it's uh, this. <sighs> It, it, the whole storyline is upsetting and weird. And then they try to make you believe they're good people at the end. 
And I was just, I was just like, too. It's much too late, you guys. You're bad people. You're all idiots, and I hate you all. Now the baby doctor is played by Carla Gugino. I had to oh, look that up. She's, she's you know in her? I recognize her, but I. Know I her. Oh yeah, she was in Entourage. Oh, yeah. Really? She she was Who Vince's she play agent, Entourage? hot hot agent for a while. When she when he leaves Ari, uh, oh, you know, and then they kind of have a relationship, and then she and breaks it off with him. Now, does is that is she the one that he has a relationship with, and then she's got like a powerful husband, and the husband no, wants to kill Vince? That is that's or is that some that's other show? Different. That some other show. Um. And at one point, the Sarah Paulson character is like, doesn't understand that they're trying to not have at, the baby. Not at by one New point, Dan. She seems to be in the dark almost the whole time, other than the very first scene. The first scene, she's there to like <laughs> set it up and be like, well, I think it's a bunch of money. And then the other guy's like, oh, it's not that much money. And then she must forget everything because the rest of the movie, she's just like, I'm just being pregnant and having a baby at some point. What's wrong with you guys? I don't. I can't handle it. <laughs> now, for the life of me on the on the big flow chart, I'm crossing things That's off good. as we we finish them. Was there any connection between these any of these characters? And Not all that of I these could tell. I, I don't remember there ever being any okay. overlap or any mention of anybody being friends with anybody else. So. So let's talk about except really for, quickly. Wait, Jeff, wait, Dan! Yeah. I solved sure. it. I figured. It out. Oh, oh, he well, remembers that, it. He's got it. I could draw my line that, in. that Hillary Swank and Alyssa Milano hold after Robert De Niro dies. They're like, let's go hold babies. I bet those are the babies they just had. So it's it's the babies. Okay, I, I'm connecting. I'm connecting the babies. I've added the babies, and as quick as I've Cross connected them, I've crossed them off because we've. Uh... Now let's talk about the comedic duo of Beal and Myers, and um, you know, there's there's you know there's Hope and the Crosby. You know, this classic Abbott and Costello, Beals and Meyer. Um, talk about that that sort of interchange they... you get. <laughs> Did they have interplay? Did they work off each other? Because I don't remember it. I I want to say, I don't think Seth Meyers is a good actor. Um, He's a terrible actor. Which, there was, I think they had did one they? joke. I think I wrote down one joke. There was one joke, and Shannon's like, you got to write that down. It's a joke. <laughs> That's is that the drinking game you played every time there's a joke and then you took one shot? It's an easy, easy game. Oh, I can't believe. Cut this baby out. We need I, money. That's, like that's their whole thing is they don't even they stop caring about the baby and it's all about this money. But they don't I I mean they're like who 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 has there's only two jokes I wrote down. Well, one line, one joke. Larry Edwards does a pen color <laughs> joke. Like penitentiary. That's why when when people do jokes about things that are kind of a little off, I'm always like penitentiary. Nice, love it. You know, yeah. I always say that. What was the second okay? What joke? were you saying about Seth Meyers being the greatest theory. actor? Oh, okay. I, I'll get to that. <laughs> okay, we haven't sorry. gotten to. Oh, it's a it's, line. It's a line. Joke, it's a line. line. I get. Right, yeah. I get to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so Seth Meyers, greatest comedian slash actor I mean, of he's our like time. Robin Williams, Seth Meyers. You know what I mean? I. I guess my biggest, my biggest, uh, the hole, the, the like the black hole of his performance was really the scene where her water breaks, and he's like, yeah. you know, running around. He calls her, taxi, taxi. Oh God, no! The he's, bag. He's throwing clothes, clothes at, at her. It, I, I like the idea of the scene, like the frantic husband. It is so poorly done on all fronts. I was. <laughs> I didn't understand how you could mess that up so badly. Well, well, and that's the other thing is in in baby having baby movies, it's yeah. a classic scene, right? The the man panics, the woman is there being calm, and then she like points out all the crazy things he's doing, and they're crazy things. His he just throws like one of her shirts at her, then he throws, he throws like something else at her, at her, and then or something. I... <laughs> 
it's I, how, it's 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 a trope. It's the thing that you fall back on to guarantee laughs, and they messed it up so badly. Oh, it blows my mind. If you can't get laughs on like the classic bits, you know who's on first. It's, it's like, what are you doing? You're, but that's the thing. I, Seth Meyers is a good guy at managing a crew of writers that makes political jokes. Hundred percent. That's what he's good at, and he's he's fine at at sitting there at a desk delivering political jokes that do have turns in them Absolutely. that you're not expecting, and that you know that that are very topical, like. Just delivering straight up comedy. This is not the. Not he's it, not a yeah. sketch comedian. He's not. You do not cast him in a sketch. He's not a character. He's always yeah. Seth Meyers, and you just you don't buy him getting worked up. Get worked up in he's that still way. Still monotone the whole time. Taxi. Oh, here's some jeans. Let's uh, let's do this. Uh, ah, so bad. Uh, it's frustrating. Okay. So let's let's uh, loop back to okay. the Sarah Jessica Parker. So Sarah Jessica Parker is the brother to Zach Efron, who's the uncle right. to Abigail Breslin, and they are having this classic mom daughter thing. The daughter wants to go and get kissed by a boy, and then that's their Correct. whole yeah. plot line. Well, and the mom doesn't want her to go uh, in New York unsupervised, which I don't live in New York. I live in Los Angeles, and I will just say I would feel the same way. <laughs> Fifteen years old? No, you're not going to Times Square by yourself. I like, I, I am, I don't know. It, it feels like a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> and then the friends, her, so she, at New Year's, the dude kisses another girl who was just standing there, and the other girl grabbed him, sort of, I guess, and they somehow are there well, to witness it. Your yeah, classic so, movie I mean, coincidence. He, He's he's got the big eyes when she kisses him. You know, he's like, "What's happening?" But he doesn't push her away. I mean, whatever. We could talk about that. It's dumb. But here's my thing: is that in the end, Abigail and SJP go to Times Square. Why didn't? Why wasn't that ever an option? Why didn't Sarah Jessica Parker just be like, "We can go." Yeah, and I'll be, I'll you know, be I'll be off you. to the side. You can be with your friends, but I'm not going to let you go unsupervised. How was that compromise never brought up? Because she's supposed to meet Josh Duhamel at midnight at this restaurant or something, and she never mentions any of that. And she, you know, she doesn't she doesn't set it up like she that's a problem. Staying like, home I, I, with Abigail, that's what she said. Yeah. Why not? Why not just go see the kids? You kiss the kid. I watch you. Then and they then go yeah, home, and everything's cool. I don't, it's so dumb. Uh and so the friends, one of the kids that's her friend has this weird mom that keeps on like being a creeper on them. And I, it was, I, was kind of funny. Here's my problem. It was only funny in the restaurant scene because they only did the yeah. bit for one of their, one of their segments. They bring up, it should have been every should have been single all one. Them. Every time we see those kids, that woman needs to do something funny. And it's just, uh, they just waste, they wasted it. So Sarah Jessica Parker, too late or late, decides that she's going to go meet Josh. And so she goes to the Rockettes and gets like this really weird costume and a carriage, which, of course, we've set up that you can't do anything on New Year's. But somehow in the world's most empty streets, she's gotten this magical carriage. Dan, and where then are they? They fall in love. I don't understand. Where are they? That There's not a single other person. in It's New York. I don't think that street exists. So dumb. So before Josh Duhamel, he's at the party with his yeah. rich mom. I can cross that off. Penny Marshall was oh. there. I can cross her off. Random couple I can cross off. Uh, for, this is this was one of the things that really was really strange. So Josh Duhamel's getting ready to leave, and he goes over to the bar, and there's like really smoking hot bartender woman, and she's like, "Hey, hey." And then he's like, I'll kind of know. And then two other girls come up and they're like, oh, hey, 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 threesome. And then he says no to all of them. Why do you need one girl hitting on him, then two girls? I mean, is that like he's moving up the chain, you know, like like at the at the doorway, there's like six, like, you know, 
six Russian beauties with like these perfect, you know, they're like quintuplet Russians that are like dressed in space gear. You know, he has to like run the gauntlet of everyone wanting well, to sleep I, it's, with him. It's that- to really hammer home that he's a genuinely good guy. Or at least now, you know, he's not interested in a fling. He's interested in the real thing. He's he's our ideal man, uh, Dan. But he was he was he kind of yeah. he blew off the one girl who I thought was 100%. much cuter than the other two stupid girls, and then he was really on the well, fence with the sure. other two. Like he wasn't just like no. He well, was I like, mean, oh, what's better than one mm-hmm. is two, mm-hmm. right? I'm kidding. That's. First of all, that's an impossible situation. I never want to find myself in. Can't even please my wife. Uh, I have so, to edit that out of the podcast. So, he, <laughs> no, you can't. So he goes and meets Sarah Jessica. Mm-hmm. They are in. They just did I, they kiss uh, or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. I don't know. I don't know. She pulls up and he's like, hey, you came. She's like, hey, you came. And they're like, I guess we're in love, even though we met maybe for one night and then a year later we're together. No. Nope. They don't know anything about each other. That relationship is doomed. Okay. So back to Times Square, New Year's Eve. Ryan Seacrest is there. He makes a hair joke. Hold on. I need to talk about the Um, Ryan Seacrest bit a little bit because (laughs) just really quickly, Dan. <laughs> Go, Tony. Let's talk about that bit. Hold on. The ball freezes, and Ryan Seacrest is on the mic, and he panics. You're telling me that Ryan Seacrest, radio personality Ryan Seacrest, can't vamp? He doesn't know how to vamp. He panics and's like, "This isn't supposed to happen," and then runs away. That I Does mean, I don't think away? that's exactly what happens, but he doesn't. All he needs to do is like vamp for a couple minutes, make some shit up, and then like be like, "We'll be back." I mean, come on, it's so dumb. I was, I was infuriated. If I was Ryan Seacrest, I'd be like, "No, sorry, guys, I'm not doing this. This is a stupid bit." So Ashton Kusher lives in in a you know Brooklyn apartment or whatever. He hates New Year's for some reason they that they may have said. A but woman I in college broke his heart. On New Year's, she broke up with him on New Year's or something. Leah Michelle points it out in the elevator. Sure. So he tears down all the decorations, going to throw them out, and then he and Leah Michelle end up in an elevator. Elevator goes down. The elevator breaks. No one can make the phones work. He like settles down, and then they fall in love. Do they? Again, it's not fall in love. (laughs) They just kind of decide that towards the like the last thing is she's like, well. We could have our own party. And then they just count down to a kiss. That's not a party. That's literally just a ball drop. You guys are just skipping to the end of the night. That's so – It would have been nice if they'd had like a cake or some champagne no. or something party-ish I mean, like in their place. But all they had yeah. were decorations. No, that's I, not I a party. That, Dan. Like you say. <laughs> I've been to a lot of parties, guys. And Leah Michelle looking pretty cute. Oh, interesting. I am. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a huge yeah, she fan. Looked pretty good. I'm not a fan. Um, she was always kind of annoying yeah. on Glee, and then you kind of knew she was sort of a prima donna. So you kind of were like, yeah. oh. but yeah, I thought she, you know, she, she, as opposed to Catherine Heigl <laughs> in that dress, Leah Michelle puts on a nice little cute dress, and you're like, she's cute. That's, fair. That's nice. I. She feels like a human being. Catherine Heigl's like. Ugh, monster. <laughs> so, so they fall in love. Oh, Ashton is Zach Beffren's Yes, yeah, yeah, they live together. So the elevator finally gets fixed. They go down, and there's... Who's fixing Jim the elevator? Bougie, another fucking waste. Why is he in this movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Somebody wanted to make scale for a day. So here's my here's no, no, you, I, I, here's my my other laugh. Everybody filters into the oh the, the grandma the, uh, the uh, and then the grandma's like struggling. To, I mean, she's not struggling. She's just like, <laughs> and then she says the line, "This gate is a bitch." <laughs> it's just, Thumbs yeah. up. 
delivery, comedic delivery. Thank very God funny. she's only in the movie for three seconds. She's funnier than everyone else yeah. who hired in the entire <laughs> film. Ugh, so dumb. So then Leah Michelle is Jensen's backup singer. She goes there, and Jensen, since he's quit performing because he can't perform one I, more song to prove his love for Catherine Heigl. I, <laughs> I don't think that this is allowed, Dan, in a live event. Contractually, <laughs> this guy is going to get sued so hard. And you can't just – they would just cancel the performance. They're not going to be like, oh, you know what, backup singer. Why don't you take lead vocals? No one's ever heard of you before. It's on the national stage. But why don't you, why don't you just give it a shot? No, never, <laughs> never going to happen. Okay, we have dealt with everything. Okay, except we have three more characters that oh we have God. to deal with. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer, who is this put-upon – uh, mousy, blah blah blah. Who works for John Lithgow? John Lithgow is this horrible, horrible yeah. boss who like yells at her and demands that she works, but doesn't really need her there nope. for any reason. He like, I need you, we're not, but we're not going to quantify any of that need. Anything. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm not even sure what they do. I, a record but, company. But like, so failing. what would you do on New Year's Eve? What would you do on New Year's Eve night? There's Absolutely. no business Nothing. that you need done. Nothing. It's so stupid. Nothing. So Zach Efron is delivers to her, so he knows her, and so he's like all, uh, I don't. So they they meet on the. She quits yeah. her job, and then she has a bucket list, and then they they strike well, up it's, this it's absurd friendship list, with Dan. It's not a bucket list. It's not about it's a before you die. It's one list. night. She gets one night to do it all. Was that really her? She had to do all this uh, in yeah, one was, night? Well, I think it was supposed to be the year, right? Because she was like, if you can get all these done by midnight, I'll give you these tickets. Yeah. And it seemed like two tickets at the beginning and then it's four yeah, they tickets. Yeah, multiplied somewhere along the line. <laughs> Wasn't it two she tickets at the out beginning? Two tickets. Whether I mean, I don't know if they ever specifically said a number, but she's definitely only holding two in the office. <laughs> Jensen Banana. Um. So then he has to solve all these things for her, and it the, the solutions are all very cute, but they're all that's like, yes. I I wrote several times that I would have rather just had a movie about their storyline. Call it like the resolution list, kind you know, in the vein of the notebook, you know, and just have like a cute rom com between these two and and have him figure out creative ways to solve all these all these resolutions she wants. That's cute. I like it. And like the one, the Bali one was really she nice. Done that it one was first. Really... That one should not have been first. That, that was, was the most magical one what... of all of them. That needs to be your last one before the ball drop. Yeah, he he takes her to this really crappy area, and then they go up this creepy elevator, and then they crack the doors open, and it's the most beautiful yeah. spot what a, in what the a world. Cool it's twist. just it's beyond awesome. gorgeous. Why would you put that first? Why is that the first thing you do, and then they get less good as you go through the movie? Why? Oh, she she does save a life. I do, she gets I do, like, I do like the pet adoption. Yeah, very cute. Uh, like I said, they, very cute. the way they do it, Story wise is is interesting. I like their storyline, but they all happen so fast, and there's no conflict. It's just like good thing, good thing, good thing, and then he calls her pathetic, which is well. well hold on that 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 scene was probably the most infuriating uh. scene of the whole movie. He she's walking around like this scale model of the of New York, you know, beautiful beautiful first. thing, and then he's standing like three feet away from her, and he's like. Yeah, I gotta help this crazy bitch, and she's garbage. Uh, and she's standing within air length, and I am not hushing my voice at all. You know, yeah. like your classic movie trope. Person hears themselves described by someone else, and the per and the whole idea is you. They have to not realize they're listening. Right. They're hearing you, That's and then the you have to not act upon that. But she hears it and acts upon it. Not only like that, what? Why? Just go around the corner. 
Like, set it up where he's around the corner and she just happens to be coming back from the map and overhears it around the corner. I And then that should be your first beat. And then, like, I, I whatever. I just, I can't with, with that shit. And then she, he leaves to go to the party and then he comes back and then he kisses her. And you're like, I wish this was, you know, May, December, whatever they call that relationship, and that they really fell in love. It would have been really – because Zach, although he was a little coked up the whole time, (laughs) he was – you were like, there's a charming there's a charming guy in there. That would have been – There's definitely a charming guy in there. He's – whoa, that guy is smoking. And when they're they're dancing, Dan, at the end, I was like, woo-wee, Zach Efron. Smoke. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, they do a whole dance thing at yeah. the end, and you're just like, "This is not, yeah, this is very cute. nice and it's sweet." Not, it's cute. This movie sucks. <laughs> That's the movie. It's now officially all crossed out. We went through every character, every plot line. I, let me see if I had. I wrote weird hope speech. That, that's the last thing I wrote. I don't know what that means. Who oh, a hope th- is that the ending voiceover by Josh Duhamel? Yeah. Oh, there was a yeah, really terrible voiceover. I was like, end. I was out. Was so, so bad. over it by that point. <laughs> bad. And I, I, my final points, everybody kind of of color is a worker in a subservient status to incredibly upper middle class and rich white people. Hmm. And, and it's really, if you really sort of look at it, all the people of color, Ludacris, Sophia, everybody's, you know, yeah. Halle Berry, they're all below these white people who live these perfect existences that have no character That's flaws it. and all get exactly what they want in a perfect and, and way. And guess who didn't get what they want in a perfect way? Halle Berry. Poor yeah. Halle. Poor Person Alex. of color. There. Ludicrous. Too wasted to enjoy his family. <laughs> it was <He's>... so bizarre. <laughs> the family shows up and they're all like, Daddy! And he's just like, come here, kids. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> uh, any other final um, thoughts, Tony? I guess my final thought would be that this movie's not good. Don't watch it. And I I wish we would have gotten a, a Zach Pfeiffer movie. It would have been a much better movie. It would have been, yeah, because she never has a chance to really act. You know, she does her acting within the sort of thinness yeah. of what's going on, but she never gets to sort of go through a go no, through an arc. There are really very few to know arcs in the movie, and that's kind of my problem is you don't ever feel. In a two-hour and five-minute runtime, you never feel attached to a single character. It's not – it's just they, they kill everybody. It's terrible. Are we going to talk about the credits? Are we going to talk no. about the credits? The credits were fun. Yeah, well, yeah, the outtakes, they were they were great. You know, De Niro pushing uh, Hillary Swank in the wheelchair into the hospital. Yeah, yeah it's cute. You know, people people can be funny if they're not given terrible lines to read. <laughs> and I mean, you know, you're in trouble if you have to put those outtakes in your comedy because you know so, that your comedy is yeah, not in the movie. So you watch the movie, you hate your life, and then you watch these outtakes. You're like, "Oh, that was fun," and then they think that you're going to forget that the movie was so terrible. But I don't, guys. I remember how bad the movie was. So, Gary Marshall, if you're still alive, uh, Tony's going to kick your ass. It's right here. He's challenging you to a boxing. No, kickboxing. I can only kick shins. That's as high as I can get my leg. But your shins are going to be banged up, sir. Gary's probably in a wheelchair, so you probably don't have to get much higher than that. So wrong. Why are you saying these things? I don't know. It's dark. It's dark. I'll take him out. So now we're going to talk about something we liked this week, and hopefully Tony will actually pick something that's like media and not like, you know, I saw this really sexy rock on the ground. (laughs) I have never been sexually attracted to a rock, Dan. A tree. (laughs) I I am picking the new hot show on Netflix, The Queen's Gambit. I don't even know what that is. Oh, 
my God. Oh, my God. Oh my. Where have you been? Do you ever turn on Netflix? Do you ever do you have friends? It's the story of this orphan who learns to play, who is a okay. chess prodigy, and then it goes all through her sort of rise to chess power. And there's, you know, there's some uh, drugs and alcohol Classic. along the way. And it's just so good. It was like one of those ones where it's like seven episodes or an hour each where you like watch the first one. You're like, I love this. I'm going to watch the second one tomorrow. You watch the second one the next day. And then you're like, okay, I'll watch half of another one today. And then the third day you you watch everything else. Cause you, you get, (laughs) she just, you're like, I need more of this cake. It's so good. Uh, The girl that plays the thing is just, she is going to be working forever because of this. She just, and it's like, they're chess matches, so you you sort of are like, oh, they're going to be taunting each other while they play, and they're going to, you know, because sure. you're going to have to do that to make these chess matches interesting. Interesting. Nope. All mental visual acting with eyes, showing things Wait, with what? direction. <laughs> uh, this sounds yeah, crazy, exactly. Man. I don't know. And characters that they don't resolve things. Like one of the characters at one point is like. I don't want to have sex with you. And another character, you're like never quite sure if he's gay or not. And you're kind of like, they don't answer the questions. And you're like, most things answer all those questions so that you feel resolved. Sometimes it's by leaving things unanswered. It, it sort of is how we actually live our lives, you know, because our lives have those questions that can float there for 10 years and then they get resolved. And you're like, Oh, that was what was going on. What do you got for us, Tony? Some rock or some sexy male star that a, a scene in a movie where a guy took off his shirt and you're like, uh, I mean, just got to talk, talk about, about his nipples all day long. I feel like you know what I'm about to say, Dan, because you're the one that told me about it. Uh, two years <laughs> ago, it was announced that Monster Squad was getting a oh. documentary and then it went into limbo hell for two years until just last uh, last Thursday. You mean they worked on it, it was over those two years, two years ago, talking? and they were looking for um, oh really? Uh, what's that called? Uh, distribution. Thank distribution. you. And then it just like disappeared. There was like there was a big social media oh, push wow. in 2018 about it, and then I heard nothing for until you sent me that Facebook thing. I was like, oh my god, I remember this. Anyhow, it's called Wolfman's <laughs> Got Nards. It's beautiful. It so made me cry. Time. It's great. Well members passed away uh while he was still young and they do like a little tribute to him in it and it was just it was great it was really great yeah fat kid one of the kid one of the kids yeah yeah some it sounds like some hospital malfeasance uh killed him when he had pneumonia or something it's i don't know it's pretty sad but uh in all it was it was beautiful and the movie's it had like a resurgence a few years ago when they released the the special edition of it. And so it's great. It's cool. It's really good. Well, that's very sweet. So now's the time where I get to pick a movie. December, We're going into yeah, December, holidays. right? I don't, I don't know. Do we have five oh, I didn't Wednesdays in December? I didn't check yet. So. So we're going to do four or five holiday movies, depending on how many, yeah, uh, yeah. you know. So I was looking at one movie, and it's only on, like, DVD or Blu-ray. It. And so I was like, okay, we're going <laughs> to we'll wait on that one. Because, you know, maybe when the postal system's working a little better, you can buy a DVD, and then, you know, I'll watch yeah. it, and then I'll send it to you, and you can yeah. watch it. But I'm not quite ready for that. You know, because I've got a couple movies like that already. You know, oh, the, the bin you have a waiting bin. in the bin, <laughs> right there in the bin. I have a prop, prop effects, uh, prop, prop, prop box, yeah. and then you know this is going in the prop box. <laughs> Jensen, use this one again. <laughs> the JB, the Jensen banana, and the joke of the Jensen banana is at one point. Sophia says we could get him yeah, to sign the b- like banana that. or something. Like that. It's like really something random, like, really weird. So I'm picking the perennial 1998 classic Is that Jack Frost. <laughs> Michael Keaton I, dies. And I gets saw this into a as a snowman. kid and I cried so hard, and I vowed never to watch it again. <laughs> 
I have chosen well. Oh, I shall destroy Tony. Tony will be like, no, 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 snowman, Michael Keaton. Snowman, I don't know. I don't, so as a kid, it really affected me. So we'll see what happens. Well, maybe we're going to start off the holidays very sad. I mean, this might be a very might be a very emotionally manipulative movie of turning your yeah, dad into a snowman kills, and then killing like him again. Wolf. I, I mean, he has to melt, Do they kill him right? again? I don't, I don't remember, but I if I was writing the movie, he would melt in the end. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> He's got to right. learn to live with all that death. Oh, <laughs> Dad died. Yeah, He's dying worry. again in front hey, of like, your face. Hopefully the kid will be like tied up in a chair and have to watch his dad melt to death. Murder? <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Don't close yeah. your eyes. Don't like close terrorists. your eyes. Like, you know. Stop it. Got <laughs> his eyes pried open. No, Dad's done. He's crying. His tears are flowing into the water of his melting dead snowman. Oh, this is good. This is going to be a good holiday film. I can, I can feel it. <laughs> So this one is available Perfect. on Amazon Prime. I'm, I'm so. so excited. Holiday season For is among us. Ah, Christmas. But then again, if Donald Trump doesn't get reelected, we're not having Christmas. Yeah. Just hey, like Soviet hey. style. You win some, you lose some. Not Christmas. <laughs> so, there it is. Uh, well, that's, that's the show. I'm cutting it there. Ah, that's the show. <laughs>